This is Life, Body, Business, Impact with Fatima. Welcome, friends. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm your host, Fatima Ingalls, fitness expert, best-selling author, lifestyle entrepreneur, founder of the Life, Body, Business, Fit Systems, and co-founder of the amazing Freedom Retreats. My mission is to positively impact 10 million lives, to inspire you to wake up and live from your bucket list of dreams instead of waking up one day with a bucket list of regrets. Get ready to be inspired with weekly episodes and interviews that disrupt your thinking and motivate you to build your best life, body and business. To change one life is to change many. So come with me now and let's get started with yours. Welcome friends. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Rob Yates, who is a sought after personal trainer. He's the head personal trainer at Westcare Health and Fitness, and he's the director of Combat Balance. Rob joined the army at a young age of 17 years and has over nine years experience in the military. He's also been in the fitness industry for over 15 years, having owned and operated successful fitness facilities all the while struggling with drugs, partying, unhealthy relationships, and several mental health challenges. In this interview, Rob and I talk candidly about his life experiences. At a young age, tragedy struck Rob's life when he lost a child to SIDS. So we talk a little bit about that, how this impacted his choices. We talk about image and ego in the fitness industry and how he's now come full circle to be a man that practices yoga and has shed tears talking about his mental health challenges on video on social media. Now, Rob is a person who has a true passion for helping people and not just with exercise and nutrition as a personal trainer and coach, but also coaching people to be spiritually and mentally fit rather than just physically fit. Now, he says he has he feels he has so much more to offer clients and I quote, of what not to do rather than what to do because of his vast array and experiences in life. So enough from me, let's dive in and hear what Rob has to say. Rob, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Let's dive right in and I would love you to share with our audience a little bit about yourself. So who are you and how did you get to where you are today? Tell us a little bit about your journey to bring you to the place that you are today. Well, how long do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I'm just a country boy. I grew up in Wyala. I was there until I was about 17. I then shipped off and joined the army for about nine years. I had a significant setback in life while I was in the army. I was actually serving overseas and had my son pass away of SIDS. So I can sit back now and reflect on the last 15 years of my life from that period, from that period onwards and see how I didn't deal with that as well as I possibly could and went into different businesses and relationships would inevitably, at the end of the day, all failed. And I found myself in a spot about three years ago where I had to sit and, you know, deal with some of the stuff that I hadn't dealt with and and obviously start delving into things and start healing and, and finding myself again. And and now I'm sort of three years on, I'm, you know, in a really, really good place from being in a really, really dark place for a lot of those years. And I suppose a lot of people have sat back and 
watch my journey to where I am today and, you know, um, they see the change. And it's really, really nice. You know, not only do I feel better in myself for making the change and, and dealing with the stuff that I needed to deal with and, and rediscover, you know, who Rob Yates was after losing him for so many years, I, I just find that, you know, in society I'm getting a better response and all these people just want to be a part of my life and opportunities um, that I've been wanting to do and things that I want to invite into my life are starting to happen. So I suppose today we'll just delve into some of those things and you can ask me as many questions as you like. And the idea of, of me today is to be as raw and as honest as real um, in order to, you know, explain to people what happened in my life and hopefully they can look at bits and, and relate to some of it. And And at the end of the day, I hope you know, some of the stuff we talk about today just helps a few people to get their life back on track. Yeah, I really appreciate that um, you're so willing to be so open and honest and candid. And the conversations we've had have always have always been like that. And I really appreciate that. I'd like to take you back to the turning point for you. So you said there was about 15 years where you had some stuff that you had to deal with in life. Um, your son died of SIDS and I'm so sorry to hear that. I can't imagine what that might have been like for you. Thank what, you. what was the turning point for you, Rob? Um, what triggered the change a few years ago? I think I just got to the point where I kept, you know, trying to buy materialistic things and, you know, I tried to band-aid the, the feelings and hurt inside, you know, by taking drugs and alcohol and, you know, doing all the things. I had all these things going on, but what I wasn't doing is dealing with all the inner turmoil. It, and it didn't matter what I brought and what I had and who I hung out with and who I partied with. At the end of the day, I went home and I was, you know, fucking miserable. It, it didn't fix anything, you know what I mean? And you keep thinking by going out and having all these materialistic things and having fun with people and stuff. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's just a band-aid for what's going on inside because I look at people with things now and I just, just completely discard it. The people that I respect now are people within a piece, you know, and they don't need all those things you know what I mean they're doing wonderful things in the world and I suppose that just inspired me to change I'm like what's missing in my life and I started breaking it all down and realized that I'd actually caused where I'd ended up you know and you have to take you know absolute ownership over that and realize that your actions you know have led to where you are but the the important thing is that that very moment I decided to change it just changed and I suppose I want to share with people to say, look, you know, we've all we've all been there. We've all had things and we've all done things that we're not proud of and been people that we didn't want to be in certain circumstances. But at the end of the day, you can make a fundamental decision to change, like straight away. And as soon as I made that decision to change, like the universe just started to shift for me and, and opportunities opened up and people came into my life. And, you know, that that's all I wanted to share is that is that you absolutely have the power to change whenever you want. doesn't matter what situation that you found yourself in. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think we're very aligned in our um, thoughts and visions, and I've had similar experiences. Um, my philosophy, as you know, is to change one life is to change many. But the one yes. life you have to start with is absolutely your own. And <laughs> you've been on such a huge journey yourself. I mean, when I first met you some years ago in the fitness industry in Adelaide, um, you were that guy who was into the drugs and the partying and, and the image. And what do you think people thought of you from the outside looking into your life? Do you think that they saw a picture of success? Was that what you were, mm. that what you were um, trying to represent on the outside? Do you know what? I, I, 
I, I, abs- I, I didn't care what anyone thought. And, and that's yeah. the problem. Because I didn't care about myself, I also didn't care how other people treated me or how other people perceived me or whatever. I just did me with absolute arrogance and complete disrespect for people around me. And, you know, looking back on that now, that that's an embarrassing thing for me and something that I've apologised to many people close to me and just said, look, you know, I wasn't the best version of me through there. But I suppose people that really knew me, there was a Rob that they seen glimpses of along the way that, you know, is the person that does have a good heart and does, you know, put other people first and, you know, deep down is a nice person, but he's just not doing the right things, which make him or, or people perceive you, you know, to be a dickhead. And that's okay. That had to stop. I, I used to hate that. I used to hate the things that got said about me. Um, but at the end of the day, you had to, have, you know, take it on board because some of those things that people said were true. What I like about my life now is that I live a life that it doesn't matter what people say or, or think about me because it isn't true, because they're talking about someone three, four, five years ago. They're not talking about the person that I am today because the person that I am today, you know, isn't that person. And the people that are important to me can see that. And that's all that matters to me. Would you say that you um, your competition is yourself these days? Yeah. I mean, I just I like it. And the more work I do on myself and the more things that I do that actually align with my true purpose in life, uh, I'm just becoming, you know, you just get uplifted and uplifted and, you know, I've changed my circle of friends. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I like to stress to people is normally you're the average of the five people that you hang around. And I definitely was. So changing that and changing my circle of friends and, you know, basically upskilling yourself and, and being around people that, taking drugs and partying and doing steroids for competitions and all the stuff that I, they live life on a higher standard. That wouldn't be acceptable to them. And that makes you actually live your life on a higher standard. And those things become unacceptable in your life as well. And by doing that, by creating that circle where people are around you to support the best version of you, not support the worst version of you, you'll find that you'll just elevate in life. And not only will you feel better yourself, you'll have that awesome support around you. If people see that very best version of you and they just support that 100% rather than support things that are actually, you know, holding you back from being the best, very best version of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Like I completely agree with you on that. You know, you become what you surround yourself with. So Mm -hmm. so, so powerful who you decide to um, allow into your circle of influence because it can influence you and affect your life in a good way or not such Mm -hmm. a good way. Yeah. Having both been um, personal trainers in our life and in our careers, I often saw that men and women who were working to change their lives physically and as a side effect, I guess, mentally, were being affected by those around who didn't like the changes that they were making to their life. Has that been your experience as most well? Cer- yeah, most certainly. And I've, I think I've always, because I've always been a personal trainer. I've always been quite grounded um, back that I was already, you know, kind of living part of my highest purpose in helping others, you know, achieve, you know, a better version of themselves. But I kind of felt at the end of the day, things that I was doing, I wasn't necessarily, you know, you were talking the talk, but you weren't walking the walk. You know, you were saying things to people that you weren't even doing yourself. And, you know, at the end, now I don't live a life like that. I completely 
you know, walk and I live and breathe the things that I want to see in other people. And it's, it's such a nice place to be, but you know, we've been in that job. We have that heart where we just love seeing people. I, you know, I train people, they come in and they lack self-confidence and self-worth. And we work on that and we talk about relationships and what they're doing in their careers. And we, you're just able to just, and, and then to watch the growth, like three months, six months, 12 months when they're walking around and you see all the things they're doing. Suddenly they're, you know, they've got vision boards up and they're goal setting and they're traveling around the world and they're in these new relationships and they're so much happier. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, I got to like influence that. You know, there's a buzz about that that will always keep me in this industry. But Absolutely. It's, um, it's so fulfilling, isn't it? Unbelievable. Like, and, it, and along the way, you know, those clients inevitably without knowing it also saved my life. You know what I mean? By always having, you know, I didn't want to get up some mornings, but I got up and my inner voice was, there are people waiting for you. You know, there are people that look up to you that need your help. So get the fuck up out of bed and go to work. I was able to do that even in my darkest, darkest spots where I just wanted to, you know, you're having a three-day bender on the weekend and then you're trying to get up on a Tuesday morning. And I was just, you know, it's hard because you're not doing the right things to yourself. You're not treating yourself with love. But at the end of the day, I was able to sit down and, have, and you know, have some insight into my own behavior and say, hey, you did this to yourself, but these other people there, they need you. So get up. And, and I think without realizing it, that, that actually saved me from getting any worse than where I was able to control that behavior. Yeah, that is, that is really powerful. I haven't, um, I've had a similar experience, not with being on benders, but just dealing with debilitating mental health and post-traumatic stress disorder, where the yep. same, I, I would sometimes be wishing and hoping that a client would cancel and I would pull myself together and just get out there and do it. And it was more like it was a gift from them to me for me to have had the yes. opportunity to go and serve them and train them. It just changed my headspace and it kept me going and stopping me from and stopped me away from just getting deeper and deeper into yes. that depression. So it's sort of most uh, certainly similar. I think, I think, you know, listening to that, like, you know, that that's what just kept us steady is because probably we're already aligned with our true purpose. We weren't being you know, the truest, best version of ourselves, you know what I mean? At that particular time, there were just we're things that we're on the journey. Yeah. Like we were looking for it, but we weren't quite there yet. And, you know, I can sit back now and, and you know, draw the dots back to all the things that I did wrong. And I just, you know, the, the fortunate part when you're sitting where I am now is you, you can't, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. There's so many things that I wish that I didn't do and people that I aligned with and things that I did that, ended up in the situation that I'm in. But in another way, I'm also glad that I did it as well and can look back and think, well, I wouldn't have such knowledge and wisdom in all of those areas if, if that didn't happen to me either. So I like the person that I've become. You know what I mean? I actually love the person that I've become. And, you know, that's part of the journey, isn't it? Not to look back and um, reflect and feel guilt and shame about what you did. There's always going to be guilt and shame there. But unfortunately, you know, you can't go back and change it. You know, and I can't also sit here in a level of anxiety, worried about the future because then I'm not living in the present. Helping with my clients and, and giving back on a daily basis and doing those things like getting up and treating myself with love and, and doing the right things, having a good sleep, getting up and training and exercising and yoga and meditation and all the things that I do. Um, and then going and giving to others all day. At the end of the day, when you come home, there's that level of satisfaction that 
you know, you're on the right path and, and you're being the very best version of you. And I've just found since I've done that, then all the rest of the opportunities just naturally just open up because people just want to be a part of what you're doing. Yeah, because you're following your, you're finding your purpose and, and passion in life, which is such a powerful, powerful, yeah. powerful thing to do. So would you say that you, I think I know the answer to this, but would you say you regret anything you have or haven't done in your life? I think we all have regrets, but like I said, I just reflect back on them and just not in the best, best headspace. You know what I mean? I just look back and think, wow, you know, why did I do that? Why didn't I sit back and just wait? Why did I rush into this? Why did I decide to get into business as this person? Why did I decide to have a relationship with that person when you don't even align? And all these kind of things you're just looking at and you're able to analyze now. But I don't think there can be regret because at the time you didn't really have the skills to make a better decision for yourself. Um, you know, and that's what I think life's all about. It's just having the right skills and the right people around you to be able to guide you. We all have a problem with, you know, owning up and saying, look, I'm fucking struggling. I don't know how to do this or whatever. But there's a funny thing about men is we don't ask and, and we struggle through it when really all we're lacking is just the skills. You know, our parents didn't teach us the skills. And up until that point in our life, we hadn't learned the skills to be able to deal, like in my case, with my son's death, like, that happened when I was like 21 years old. What skills do you have in 21 to be able to deal with that? Not many. You know, I, if it happened to me now, you know, you would have a whole different set of skills that would enable me to be able to deal with that better and, and not do the things that I did to myself. So I suppose you regret it. But at the end of the day, I don't, you know, hate and blame myself and sit in shame about it. I kind of look at it like... Um, those are the lessons I needed to learn to be the person that I am today. Yeah, absolutely. Like you either win or you learn in life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, personally, I don't, I can honestly say I don't have regrets in life. Sure, things I might have thought I could have done a little bit differently, but I look at the lessons and the opportunities that have come out of all of them and just gone, yes. not in a life of regret and guilt and shame. Shame, I believe there is also guilty shame, uh, not guilty shame, useful shame, good shame. Yeah. When you're owning yeah. things like like what you've described, when you're owning things that you have done, taking ownership of your um, behaviours and yeah. moving forward and learning from them. So yeah. I would love to go back to talking to you being an ambassador from for the Happiness Co. I'm man enough cool. because, you know, you you were in the army, you've been in bodybuilding you know you're into fitness you've got the tattoos you look like a manly man whatever a manly <laughs> man is right stereotypically so yeah, talk to me about being man enough and talk to me about um, men's mental health and and depression all those sorts of things that you have dealt with and you're an ambassador for of the course. happiness co now um happiness co was amazing for me it actually got suggested to me by a girlfriend at the time that had just done the course and obviously after she got to know me a little bit better you know had realized that the course would probably do me the world of good to kind of you know and I think when we talk about the skills that I've talked about before that's the course that started me on that journey of self-discovery it was a course that each day you had to you know get up you know drink your lemon water meditate do an emotional diary talk about your day and then each day we had homework to do that just broke down our life and just helped us understand where we had kind of conformed or where we had kind of gone wrong and be able to trace it back and, and learn a little bit about how you ended up in that space. And then 
you know, Julian, who's an amazing mentor of mine, you know, he starts to input some of the skills that you need in order to make some significant changes in your life and, and learn from those mistakes or learn from, you know, or learn how to get yourself out of the position that you're in, whether that be depression, anxiety, whether it be, you know, sitting on the verge of suicide and stuff like that. And I suppose I'd always helped people, but I didn't really realize until we'd gone through some statistics and figures on that course that, you know, there's eight suicides a day and seven of them are men. And I was like, wow, you know, there's something fundamentally wrong that men aren't able to do in society that women are. And, you know, for me, I like finding out things. I like digging into things and going, well, why? You know what I mean? And I think just my generation, especially in my father's generation, we weren't allowed to be emotional we weren't allowed to speak about our emotions and you mentioned before about people looking at me and being this blokey bloke and you know wouldn't it would would have felt strange a few years ago talking to people about love languages and whether their values morals and ethics are being upheld within a relationship and all these things and all these skills that I've learned along the way it would have been you know really weird when I was running around with ego and materialistic driven you know, attitudes, it would have been hard for me to be able to like, you know, just be a bit vulnerable around those conversations. But I found the course just allowed me to sit in a group that I could share all the things that were happening and be raw and real and, and not have it used against me like it had been before um, in relationships and in business relationships and stuff. And, you know, people find out things about you and you know, they like to use it against you to be able to like manipulate you and leverage their own position which I found really weird in life. But in this situation, it was the first place where it was like an online AA meeting almost. It was like I was in this environment where everyone was so open and to listening to my story and, and being able to give me advice and, and praise on being, you know, open, you know, raw and real. And I suppose for the Happiness Co, um, because I do have a significant story um, to tell, um, it was not long after that, you know, they'd seen the results of what the course had done for me. And they asked me to be an ambassador for their, you know, I'm man enough kind of campaign, which is going to be launched this year. I remember seeing a video um, that you shared on social media where you were emotional. You you were crying um, in yeah. the video. And it was a different, very different from what I had seen presented when I'd first met you. So I think that will have been hugely impactful. It's You mentioned eight suicides a day and seven of them being men. That is just... Yeah huge like people just stop and think about that for a second whether you're female or a male you know it's humans it's a human life and as a mum of three boys I mean I I love humans I love people but as a mum of three boys having had a husband who committed suicide and father who also committed suicide you know it's huge and something I'm so so concerned about in life and particularly men being able to speak about their emotions and how they're feeling because like you mentioned something that women are doing that men aren't women speak to each other a lot more it's considered to be it's considered to be normal to have these discussions um whereas with men you know for too long it's been that you have to show a tough exterior and and pretend that you've got it all together It was like, it's funny, like Julian, one of the first things he says in his courses is like, if you think someone's got their shit together, they're lying. You know, nobody has their shit together. And it was just nice to hear that and just and just breathe and just think, 
ah, oh, I just don't like it's okay that I don't have my shit together, you know? Yeah. It, it's actually all right because there's like you said, there's this pressure, you know, on men that they've got to be all these hats, all these things, you know, you're a dad, you know, you're a son, you're an uncle, you're a business owner, you're like a mentor, you're a you know, you're a partner in a relationship, you're like all these things. And, you know, there's so many different hats to wear and, and it's no different for women. I, I understand that. I'm not sort of saying that's only an issue for men, but I think you hit the nail on the head and saying that men think they have to have this macho image, you know, that we've got all of our shit together when, you know, to be truthful, the, the figures don't show that because, you know, seven out of every eight people that commit suicide on a daily basis are men. So we don't have our shit together. And there's something that we're missing and we're not talking about that, I want to help and I'm passionate about now and realized how important that space was for me, you know, because that was the fundamental change, you know, in becoming who I am today is having that environment where I could be raw and real and honest about some of the things that I'd done and the things that have ended up in, in the shitty space that I was. But the great thing was because I was able to talk about it, you know, and cry and let it all out and, you know, write about it and have mentoring around it and learn some new skills about how to deal with that better. You know, that's how I got out the other side. And I'm like, I think as a personal trainer, you would do the same, Fatima. You go to this course or you learn this thing. And, you know, all that week I'm going back to my clients. Oh, look at this. You've got to read this book. It's fucking amazing. You know, because <laughs> yeah. we, we like, we learn things. And all we want to do is just passionately go and just, you know, shout it out to the world and just show all these people these amazing new things that we've just learned or we've just read about and I've, I've always been like that I'm like you've got to read this book <laughs> because yeah. I had such an such an impact on me and obviously that's where I am now I I think I build up my body because I had self-esteem issues and self-worth issues and I was in a shit space and you know I started taking steroids and building up my body and it kind of looked better on the outside and people started to be a bit fearful of me and leave me alone. And that was good because, you know, I didn't want anyone fucking coming near me because I wasn't feeling great about myself. And you get all the tattoos and stuff and people are even less likely to come near you. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. I've just built up this massive big wall that no one can come near because I'm actually fucking dying inside. But nobody's ever asked me. No one's ever taken the time to just ask me, you know, Rob, are you actually okay? Yes, you know, because... Because people on the outside would have looked at my life and thought, fuck, he's a gym owner, he's competing, he's doing this, he looks great, he's driving a Mercedes, he's doing all these things. And people would look at that life and just go, oh, my God, he's fucking killing it. But you know what? I've never been more miserable in my life, but no one ever asked me. You know what I mean? No one ever took the time to, to find out whether I was okay. I didn't have that circle of friends around me. I had people around me that just wanted to take advantage of everything that I had. Um, you know, and that's that's what had to change, you know, that fundamentally had to change. And during that course, um, the reason why I said yes to being an ambassador is that allowed that space um, for me to be honest and real about that stuff, but give me the skills I needed to, to be where I am today. It started that journey. And that's what I want to do for other people. That's why now I started working with, with veterans and I've, you know, and I've, I'm finding that challenging because they're a challenging group of gentlemen to work with and, and women as well. We're obviously changing the face of you know, what a veteran is now. You're not looking at, you know, an older gentleman that's that's fought in Vietnam. You're actually looking at quite young people that have gone to Afghanistan and Timor and, and including women now in veterans. So the face of a veteran is changing. And I think with the Invictus Games and stuff like that, 
and the focus on men's mental health at the moment. It's a really, really good industry for me to be working in and I can take my skills as a PT and, you know, take my life skills into there and, and probably, you know, impact on more lives than what I can just being a PT in a gym like I was before. So um, it's a nice space to be in. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really powerful what you're doing and your life experiences, how you are using them to to help other people and just really open up the conversation around men's health. So yep. amazing work that you're doing there. Thank you. What do you think of the statement, it is not selfish to put yourself first, it is selfless? I don't think you can give to other people 100% and, unless you've obviously given to yourself. And I find... I'm much more able to give to people being the better version of me than what I ever was before. You know, like I said, turning up to work after a three-day bender is not exactly the best version of you. So do you really think that you were able to give to people, you know, when you weren't even giving to yourself? People see selfish as, you know, a bad thing. I don't. I'm selfish now. And even in my new relationship, my new partner is selfish too. But in a good way, she'll be like, you know what, I actually need to, you know, go and do a yoga practice. And I'm like, that's fine, you know, because that's something she needs to do to ground herself and to be able to be the very best version of herself, not only for me in a relationship, but for her children as well. And I don't see it as selfish. I'm just like, yep, I know the feeling. I love getting out on my bike for two hours in the morning and I'll schedule that in. I'll have clients go, can you train me tomorrow morning? And I'll be like, no, it's riding morning. That could be deemed as selfish. But I can't give to those people unless I firstly give to myself. And, and I've had to learn that the hard way. You can't, I, I call it like an, a cookie jar. We give out cookies all day to all these different situations and different personalities and different challenges people are going through. And, you know, we're a lot more than a personal trainer when you've been in the industry 14, 15 years like we have. Um, you're more of a life coach. And that's why you're sought out by people to be able to train with as well. Um, I, I say I give out cookies all day. And you know what? Sometimes my fucking cookie jars and I need some people to give it back to me or I need to give it back to myself before I can start dishing out cookies again. Absolutely. And that's just, and that's just the way I look at my life. So I think there isn't such thing as selfish. There is if you're doing it in a way in which you're just ripping people off and not giving back to the community, you know, but I, I definitely don't. Um, hang around people that do that or, you know, don't live that kind of lifestyle myself. Yes, I think it's a really powerful message for men and women. My own experience as a widowed mum was that I was struggling to look after my kids and work and juggle everything that was going on in life. And I learned that I had to take care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally. And that started with getting a gym membership where I was so concerned about even using the money on a gym membership and taking the time away from my kids until I started to realise that when I exercised for an hour, you know, just lose it at my kids as much um, if I was exercising and giving to myself. So it took about a year to stop feeling guilty because I find a lot of people uh, feel guilty when they are doing things that can be deemed by society as being self-i.e. giving back to yourself, doing yeah. something for you, going out for your bike ride or going and doing your yoga practice or yeah. going out for a walk or time with, you know, um, friends yeah. without any other um, without any other responsibilities around the house and business. So it's so very important. Like, and I think 
you know, we look at society problems, you know, these days and we're all just running around, you know, frantic. Like, and, and that's why we're just rush, 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 stress, stress, stress. You know what I mean? There isn't any grounding there. There isn't any, like, time to just sit and breathe. You know what I mean? And you, you're going to create, if you're going to create some kind of balanced lifestyle, it needs to be exactly that. You know, the, the time that you're spending stressed out, there also has to be an equal amount of time that you spend not stressed out. Otherwise, you know, it's going to impact your life and impact everyone around you. Um, so I find now I just hang around people that, you know, would not only suggest that to you, they, you know, when you need time for yourself, they respect that time and give you that time rather than, you know, sometimes you just wake up in the morning and you don't want to go to work and I'll move a couple of clients. I've got clients around me now that understand that I don't always have good days and I'm yeah. not, I'm not the type of person to go into work when I'm having a really bad day because, I think I'm the type of person that can walk into a room and be able to change everyone's emotions in there. If I go in there with a really, really negative attitude and I just hate the world that day, I'm not the best version of myself and I'm definitely not the right person to plonk in the middle of a gym and walk around and not speak to anyone and stuff like that. I just, I know that I need to be selfish and take some time out for myself and I might just move those people to the afternoon you know, go back to sleep if you need some more sleep, you know, like catch up on some bills or to go out and to the shops and get some food and make yourself some nice food because you haven't had time to prepare that for yourself and then move the clients, you know, later on the afternoon or the next day or something. And I do understand that not everyone has that flexibility, but I've worked really hard to create that lifestyle for myself as well and, and being able to do that. Yeah, that's absolutely key. You mentioned earlier when you go on courses and listen, uh, read books and listen to different audios that you come back to your clients and you just want to share it. What yes. is one book that you, if you could only pick one book, and I know this is probably going to be difficult for you, one book that you would recommend everyone picks up and reads? It's just like one of the most or one of the most impactful books to you. Probably the five love languages. Okay. And why would that be? Probably because I've had a couple of failed relationships, I needed to understand why. And there was a lot of guilt and shame of, of, you know, wondering why, you know, you hadn't been the very best version of yourself for that person or you hadn't gotten back out of the relationship what you'd hoped to. And by reading that book, I just see a lot of people, I obviously train people late 30s, 40s, 50s, and not all of their relationships are fulfilling, but they stay in them. You know what I mean? And I'm not the type of person to do that. So I understood why and what I needed, you know, out of a relationship, starting with me. So I needed to obviously, you know, find myself again and, and be doing the things and living the kind of lifestyle that's the very best version of me. But I also needed to understand what I needed from a relationship before I could go out there and start dating and stuff again. And then when you're sitting with people and talking and spending time with people, you realise whether they actually align with those morals, values and ethics that you hold close to your heart and, and I suppose that's why I'm in a successful relationship now. Eventually, you know, after three years of being on my own and doing the work is that I was able to just identify the things that I needed from a relationship and the things I needed for me and identify when someone came into my radar, you know, whether they were going to be the actual person to be able to satisfy all of those needs or, you know, be a similar love language to me. Um, it was an impactful book for lots of different reasons, not only just for that, it's just some of the other learnings and teachings in that book are amazing. 
It sounds like you've learned um, a lot about yourself with that book. Yes, and so just realise where you had gone wrong. Like, and it's not because you weren't in relationships with good people. That's not what I'm saying. They just had different values, morals, and ethics to you, and they also showed and you know showed you love and and wanted to be loved in a way which you didn't understand. So you didn't feel loved in the relationship, and neither did they. Sometimes it's really like trying to put a square into a circle. You know, if your values and your morals aren't aligned. I mean, relationships take compromise, but if your core values and belief systems are not aligned, then yes. it's not going to work. It just it never will work when those core things aren't in line. And that's something I've obviously learnt along my yeah. own journey as well. And yeah. as I'm sure so many people listen. So many people have. Yeah, um, have have experienced the same another- thing. And I think, unfortunately, we get in relationships, you know, serious ones too young, you know, and we don't have the skills. We don't even understand ourselves yet. You know what I mean? I read this article the other day that they they were suggesting that we renew our vows with someone you're married with every seven years. And I was like, how do I feel about that? And I'm like, you know what? That makes fucking sense. The person that I was that I was 18 wasn't the person that I was when I was 25. And the person that I was when I was 25 isn't the same person that I was when I was 32. And the person that I was at 32 isn't the same person I am today at 40. Like along the way, there's this journey. And like you said, if the values, morals and ethics and belief systems and, um, you know, goals that you want from life and everything don't align with a partner, you know, it's, it's going to go to shit. And it's very, very hard to sustain because one person is always going to feel like they're giving more than the other and they're not getting all of their needs met. And some of their values, morals and ethics are being compromised on a daily basis by another person. And it's not because the other person is a nasty person. I want people to understand that. It's just because the person, you know, doesn't align with your things. You know what I mean? So they're always going to upset you or, you know, do things where you feel like you weren't loved or your needs weren't met. You know what I mean? It's going to be a constant battle. But I think reading that book, like mine is... um, you know, quality time, you know, and other people I've been in relationships, for example, you know, things are being like gift giving. So they would give you a gift showing you that they love you, but you didn't give a fuck about the gift. You just wanted them to spend an hour with you and go for a walk and have a coffee. So you actually felt like, oh, like this is a gift that means nothing to me. I would have rather you spent the afternoon with me and we could have went and done something together. So you, can you see how that just doesn't align? So the other person is trying to show you love and they do love you and you love them as well, but not in the way that you need to be loved to have a really deep like connection. It's, it's more of a, you know, it's, it's more of a, what do they say? I don't know. It's about, I guess, learning more about yourself. Communication is huge. And the more you learn about yourself and discover about yourself, the, the better you're able to recognise things in other people and and give back in the way that they need to be given to. Because yes. what I learned, I guess, in reading that book some years ago myself was that we tend to, you know, you said your, your love language was quality time. We tend to give that to our partner, not really taking the time to work out if that is their love language. Like you said, you know, theirs might be gift giving. To feel love, they need to be... Um, given gifts and for you to feel love you need um, quality time with a person and we tend to give what we would like to receive back and there we have a breakdown in communication so yeah um i read 
an article not long ago that was actually really cool. Um, and it's a, it's a podcast as well. It's called The Wild Woman and the Wild Man. Um, yeah. And it's what they said in there is that every 30 days you should check in with your partner because every 30 days is like a whole cycle of life changes. So with my new partner, we'll go out to dinner or we'll just something and just say, look, you know, how are you? Um, what's changed in the last month or so since we've actually sat down and spoke? You know, are you doing all the things? Am I doing all the things that you need from me? And my needs being met, are your needs being met? Are the kids' needs being met? Um, are we on track, you know, financially? Are we on track, um, you know, to do this, this and this? Have we neglected friends? Have we? And it's such an amazing place to be. And I, you hit the word nail on the head before, and it's just communication. It's, it's so, so very important. You need to be in a maturity level to be in a relationship, to be able to sit with someone and, and have, you know, that kind of conversation. I love what Julian says, my mentor. He's amazing. He's just like, well, you ask the hard questions, you know, have an easy life. Ask the easy questions, have a hard life. And it's so true. If you just keep things in inside and you bottle them up and you don't express your needs and don't let people know when they cross your morals, ethics and values and you don't actually know what those things are you know and you wonder why you're constantly upset all the time it's it's because of those things you know you frustrated that these things happening but you're not understanding why yeah I really like what you just said that what Julian your mentor says regarding asking the questions I think that is really really powerful and it's a good thing to um for people to ask themselves really you know ask yourself the hard questions you know like that's something that you have to do it's like Am I actually being the best, very, very best version of myself in this relationship? You know, yeah, no. It's all about taking okay. responsibility as well. You know, responsibility for where you're at in life and what you'd like to um, do differently in life. I mean, questions are the answers, but too often we go to work and we go through the motions of the day, nine to five, doing what we think we're supposed to be doing, and not really asking ourselves what we want in life. What's our purpose? What's our passion? So many people will do this and then wake up one day with a bucket list of regrets instead of bu- instead yeah. of having a bucket list of you know amazing things that they want to do and experience in life so it's been Most so amazing, amazing to um interview you and have a chat here with you rob uh are there any parting thoughts or a parting message that you would like to leave with our audience um no i think we you know thank you very much for asking me to do this i just you know, I'm really, really proud of myself of what I've been able to achieve over the last couple of years and, you know, sit back and recognize, you know, that I wasn't the very best version of myself. And for people out there listening to this that might have, you know, met the person that you met, Fatima, you know what I mean? I'm sorry for like being that person, but I hope they understand that, you know, it was the death of my son and not dealing with all of those things that, you know, ended up with you not managing that well and not having the skills and ending up where you ended up. But the most powerful message is that if people, you know, and we all have our own shit, if, if they haven't dealt with that properly, if they're in a situation where they're not happy and they're not being fulfilled and, you know, you only get one life. And I just want to say, like, I just woke up one morning and I made a fundamental decision to make a change that very day. And from that very day, it, it, was, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. I went through when you break up relationships and get out of business relationships, I lost a house, a marriage a gym. I lost all of those things, but they were all absolutely necessary for me to lose to be able to close that chapter on my life and start again. So most people would 
sit in fear and go, oh, fuck, you know, what are people going to say? Or, you know, oh, shit, I'm going to lose my house and my relationship. I can't do that. I can't do this on my own. But you can. It's, it's hard, but I'm sitting here right today as a, a shining example of what it is when you take back your power and you make yep. that fundamental decision for yourself and you just and you do the work. Don't be afraid of what people will say or in fear of like whether you think you're going to fail or not, because you know what, like, you know, your happiness and your life, you only get one. So make that decision today and don't be scared because you'll get the support that you need along the way, even though it gets seems like it's going to get a little bit harder before it gets easier, which is the same as, you know, anything worth achieving in life. It's, it doesn't come easy. No, it doesn't. You've done amazingly well, Rob. As one of my um, business coaches says, you know, you only have one life, but you have the opportunity to live your life every single day. That's JT yep. Fox. One life, yep. the opportunity to live it every day. So just because stuff has happened, all the things that you've mentioned, I'm sure people will relate to that. Um, yep. you, know, you lose your job, you lose your business, you lose a relationship, you, there's a death in the family, you know, you struggle with mental health issues or eating disorders or anything like that. Just because that happens, it doesn't mean your life has to end and you have to go on in life just surviving. Life is for the living, not yes. for the being. So absolutely go out there and live it. Um, if people would like to connect with you, Rob, where's the best place for them to be able to find you? And I'll pop it down. I'll pop links down in the show notes, but if you could tell. Yeah, cool. I pretty much live most of my life on social media, so probably Facebook or Instagram is the best. Um, Instagram is Combat Balance, which is my new um, business coming out of body design. I've just Combat Balance is good. You know, I'm drawing from my military experience and, and also trying to provide people with balance in life that I've actually found it for my own. So that's the reason behind the name. And obviously just Rob Yates on Facebook, and I'm more than happy to be able to start, you know, coaching people with this kind of stuff, I'm doing it already with my clients. I started working with veterans and they made me the ambassador of the Road to Recovery, which is a respite place in Robe. Um, and I'm really passionate about going back now and taking some of these learnings and teachings and my PT background and, and help veterans, you know. Um, that will be a, a big thing for me, working in men's mental health and, and being able to give back. So either of those two spots, you know, if if you need the assistance or if you want to know the places to start, if you want to know, um, you know, who to speak to at the Happiness Co and things that have like really helped me out, um, then I'm more than happy to share that um, on social media. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Fatima. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I truly hope you have found it beneficial and have taken some value from it. Hopefully a lot. If you did, please, please share this show with anyone you feel may need to hear it. I would also absolutely love if you would take a minute or two to review this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever platform you happen to be listening to it on. With your help, we can accomplish my mission to positively impact 10 million lives. That would be so awesome. Now, if you want to connect with me or my guests on other platforms, or if you want to send me an email with questions or ideas of guests to interview, please check out the show notes. I am so incredibly grateful to have had your time today and I can't wait to have you on the next episode. Have a great day.